Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. God, I love it. Really love it. Well, we're going to have a great morning, but, you know, as uh, Garth has said, you know, my name's Greg, um, married, got grandchildren, got three kids all grown up, and I'm loving life, and I'm loving being here this morning. But I really want you to capture something, which is not just, we're not having a service, it's not just another gathering. I'd love to really see God do something quite significant for you. Who has a need here? Anyone need in their life? few people just raise your hand if you've got a few needs well a couple I can guarantee that every single one of us have a need in our life small or large and God's in the business of meeting those needs the only thing we have to do is position ourselves correctly engaging our heart and then that releases God to do the work for us I'd love you to close your eyes just one more time and father I just thank you for this great opportunity about to speak to this church this is your church. But Lord, in this moment, I know that all heaven can come to us, need small or large. You can meet that need. Father, I pray that where your presence is, there also is the person of Jesus Christ who gives us that life. For the needs that are in this house here this morning, Lord, I ask of you, let your healing, let your miraculous power move on their life. Let not the word fall to the ground, but touch the heart and bring the answer. Father, we commit to you what we cannot do, you can. For that which we labor in, God, you are the answer. This morning, Lord, I ask of you, do the work for your people, for those that you have loved. And right now, Father, I pray that every single one of us, not one prayer, not one need, will go unanswered here this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Ah, amen. Nothing like just being in the presence of God, I tell you. As I say, like when you are in that presence, you just know, well, if that presence is here, so is the person. Presence just doesn't show up because it's a thing. It's because of a person. And when Jesus rocks up, he brings his presence. And what you feel is our Lord who has the answer. Amen? 
Amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you very much, church. <clears throat> Chili, band. Really, I am very impressed. They carry quite a touch, do they not? I love it. Really love it. And, you know, wow. Thank you, Phil and Julie, for having me. Most people say you don't hear Greg, you experience him. <laughs> and I'm not in the business of, I don't really have any answers for you. I'm sorry, I don't have any answers. But Jesus does. That's right. And this morning, you know, you know, one, the word which came to me this morning, and I just close your eyes just one more time. For this house, for is this not my house? Is not this place part of my intention in which I have established? For this is my house. Do you not understand the importance of who you are in my house? For that which I have asked of the leaders of this house, I also ask of you. Will you not see the value of who you are? For I gave my son that you would understand the value of you. I have given my life. I've invested all for you. That you will believe that with me nothing is impossible. But shall you stand upon my word? And allow this to be a moment in the history of your life in this church. That again you revive a great faith and belief in what your God can do. For I have not given all for some, but I have given all for many. And today, will you not say in your own heart... Surely my Lord and my God is for me. Will you not believe again for that which you have prayed, you have stood, you have believed for? For many of you have believed but have placed for that which you have believed aside. You have no longer held it in your heart. If you this day will again revive for that which you have believed. Be assured that I will fulfill all that I have promised. For not one prayer shall fall to the ground if my people will just believe. For this house shall be known as a house of grace, but a house of answer. The answer shall lie within the people that believe that with their Lord and their God, nothing shall be impossible. Hold firm to my word. Remain strong to that which I have committed you to. And you shall see my name exalted through your life in this region. Do not move to the right or to the left, for it is not a time to discover a new way. The way has been established 
and is already planted within this house. Do not move away from the intention of why I have called you to this place. This is my hour. But more importantly, this shall be your finest hour. Lord, I pray for these people here this morning. Your word shall not fall to the ground, but shall touch the heart and bring the answer. In Jesus' name. Amen. I felt my sense, the simple understanding. The day you lose sight of the importance of you is the day you lose sight of the importance of him. But Lord, I, we can say many things. I was going to show you a, a DVD about, you know, the world and what's happening in the world, the opportunities. I'd have this great honor to be out of four years ago. I stepped out of Again, being salaried of Oxford Falls, being a part of Oxford Falls for over 30 years, we joined when Northside Christian Center were 90 people. And Pastor Phil Pringle was just Pastor Phil Pringle. And everyone would say, well, who's he? He was a pastor of 90 people. Where today we have a movement of almost 100,000 people, where we are seeing churches being birthed and planted where churches are joining because of the vision of the importance because one man just believed enough in himself to say I have a destiny I have a future he's given up a lot you never see what Phil and Chris have given up over the years to establish lives and churches to reach places you will never see what pastor Phil and Julie have ever done You'll see them on Sunday, you'll see them praying, you'll see them smiling, casting vision. But you'll never see what they're really, the great cost and price that they have paid. Most people never know what pastors have given up or had to lay down or lost. When you start to see the importance and the value of your leaders, but also you, then God has his church in his hand where he says now let's reach those that have been called to this house I think what is this church what numerically is it a church of a hundred people four hundred people a thousand people I would say this very simply that this church is a church of three thousand five hundred people which need to reach people in this region and it's not because it is a nice place to come. It's because people come here and their lives are changed eternally. But God's power is shown and grace is given. That's why this house is exists. I'm just getting to know these guys, you know. We, our background's similar. We, were in, we worked in an institution psychiatric institution <laughs> and a lot of people say to me over the years I've said this many times I said look that's incredible I mean you worked in a psych hospital you know like and wow and then you became a pastor in a church ah so different <laughs> not really <clears throat> all the same people have problems everywhere 
And you look all so innocent out there. Oh, yes, look at me. Very angelic. You look amazing. But I know you're not. Pastor Phil's been revealing secrets about us. No, actually, Pastor Julie was, no. No, I know the challenges that you would face, the things that you would experience. Why would I know such things? Because, oh, you're a prophet, Pastor Greg. No, I'm just little old Greg. I have a gift, yeah, sure. But you see, what you go through, I also go through. The challenges that you face, I have faced. The losses that possibly have, the challenges in your own personal world, whether physical, relational, whatever. My niece, close friend of our family, my sister, incredible husband, great members of Brian and Brian Houston and Bobby Houston's church. They joined the church when there was 22 people there. They were very much an important part of it. Matt Crocker, who is now one of the, and Brian and Joel Houston, who writes most of Hillsong's United Songs. He's one of the key, you know, musos and musicians up there. He's, that's my nephew. And my niece, she's married to Mick, um, Mikey Chislett, one of the great recording artists. He's plays with bands around America. Incredible artists. But they had another daughter, Susie. And at the age of 14, for whatever reason, she took her own life. Growing up in a Christian home, she was slightly histrionic, sure, all of those things. And again, they put it to misadventure, a term where she miscalculated just in a moment to get attention for some reason. I have no idea. But she is no more. Things happen. And there's not always an answer. Christianity is not the perfect answer for everybody. It's the only answer. In the good, the bad, and the totally misunderstood or unknown realm. I believe that Christ died for me because he, in 1976, on the 4th of February, jumped into my world when I'm doing LSD up at King's Cross. Just happens to everybody, doesn't it? I'm sure that happens to everybody. Doesn't God do that? I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't out searching for him. I wasn't looking for him at all. But my sister faithfully prayed for me for 12 years. She never gave up on believing in me. She prayed. She'd come up and say, Greg, I'm praying for you that Jesus, you'll get to know him. I don't need your Jesus. I mean, you're just a, a crippled churchgoer. You have no life. That's pathetic. Look at you. You looked at me the wrong way long enough, and I'd redesign your face if you said you're a Christian. Because I had no, at all, no interest at all. All my friends, even before the age, when I turned 40, not one of my five friends who had that same moment in that same combi van on the 4th of February in 1976 are alive today. Only me. They have died with a drug overdose. One blew his brains out with a shotgun because he just couldn't cope with life anymore. Thank God Jesus stepped into my life. My life's valuable, but so is yours. But Pastor Greg, you have the answer. No, we have the answer. 
when Jesus steps into your world, you start to understand we are valuable. There is a scripture in John, it's chapter 4, verse 35. It says, don't you have a saying? Don't you have a saying that, you know, in, in four months, in four months the harvest comes. Don't you have a saying? But I say, Open your eyes. Another translation is lift up your eyes and see that the harvest is ripe now. I've read that a million times. That scripture, incredible scripture. But the thing I see very clearly in that is this. Don't you have a saying, but I say. You see, so often we start to design our future according to what we say. And as Christians, I know Christians and pastors and leaders who design their whole future upon what I believe. But have they consulted God to understand what he wants? We build and presence conferences about building an atmosphere where people get uh, into a place of revelation. And when Jesus said that simple thing, he said, guys, look. I know why. Why don't you see the importance of you? Don't you see the, the moment, the time that exists today? Can't you see what is? He was simply alerting us to that because why can't we see that it's now? Number one, we always think that it's tomorrow. Ah, oh, but tomorrow. Next year. Oh, next, you know, at the end of the year. Why can't it be today? You have a need here this morning. Why can't that need be met? Well, you know, because I'm a person of faith and faith doesn't exist in the now. Faith begins in the now. It's not for tomorrow. It launches to tomorrow, but it meets the need of today. Faith is of today, not just tomorrow. So often we make excuses about what should be because we aren't big enough to encapsulate the understanding that my God can. I'm a believer in that. Why do I travel around the world? Last year we saw over 6,000 people give their life to Christ for the very first time. In there we've seen incredible things happen. We've seen a little girl born without pupils at all. That means you can't correct something which doesn't exist. And in a moment of 24 hours, she has a creative miracles and has pupils and sees for the first time. See people who have been translated and transformed and totally changed. Why? Because something shifts on the inside and something happens and God touches them. Why? Because they believed. In a lot of cases, we don't have the ability to believe because our circumstances is too big. Why the church exists is that people can gather together and stand in agreement for where people who do not have the power or the strength to believe can believe why I go to church every week is not because I go to preach it's because I need my faith built up as much as you do I can't do it on my own but you know people who go and say you know wow you know I can do it you know it's just Jesus and I I say good luck but Jesus doesn't show for the one unfortunately he gave his life for the one but it says where two or more agree in my name hello you can't do it on your own you why because Jesus doesn't rock up just for the only one 
It comes when people are in a position of agreement and there is more than one. The church exists on that principle. Oh, I'm going to do it. Good luck to you. Because there are days when something will be overwhelming and you will not have the power, the ability to stand. That again, you need someone's shoulder to rest upon and believe. And in those moments, God has the power to show you in your weakness, there is great strength. Why? Because you have faithful people standing alongside you, believing in you, even though you don't have the power to stand on your own. Don't you have a saying, church, let's awaken within us. You know what? I've got to go back to start to believing what God says is true. You know, in John chapter 2, and I'm going to really throw up my screen operators over there with scriptures because we're just flowing. But it's an incredible story about, you know, Jesus goes and it's a very first miracle in John chapter 2. And again, it says, and Jesus rocks along with his disciples and his mother's already there to a, a great celebration. It's a great, it's a, it's a wedding. It's a great time of celebration. It's not a need. It's not a problem. It's a time to enjoy it's a moment of celebration and he rocks up there and in the middle of the 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 events you know after a couple of hours they've had a few wines they've had a couple because they've run out and the party isn't over bad planning someone didn't get that right or otherwise they had a few strong drinkers from the local Ari down there a few relatives from the local area rocked up, probably from in, the entrance. Anyway, they, they rock up at this place and here they are and, and Mary goes, hmm, son, there's a bit of a problem here. They've drunk all the wine. And he goes, and? And she goes, they don't have any more to drink. And he goes, and? And then she goes, okay. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Totally ignores what Jesus is saying. And it's not my problem, mum. I mean, they're poor planning. They should be talking to the planning organizer, not me. I'm in the business of raising the dead, healing the blind, not multiplying when people have had enough already. But one thing I love about Mary and what the Catholics have got very right. Mary was quite a woman. There was no one like her who had the faith. Why? Because she lived and immersed her life in her son. She might have been the birth mother, but she saw her son in action. She knew even over for those 30 years. Did Jesus do a miracle? No. Nope. How did she know? 30 years, never saw one miracle through her son. Nothing. But she believed. She had great faith. I've read stupid books that said at the age of five, Jesus healed some person. No, 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 it's not in the Bible. I'm sorry. Don't find other books. Read the Bible. The Bible brings authenticity. It brings, again, what is truth. He didn't do anything for 30 years, but she believed. Where did she go back? She went back to a promise when the angel said, he is the Messiah, the one who brings life and revelation to the whole world. And at this event... Jesus rocking along, he's planning, he's thinking, because soon he'd be launched for three years to walk, to establish, to bring understanding to a group of people, and then one day to go to the cross. He knew exactly what his course, his plan had been laid out for him. 
But in that moment of time, his mum of great faith just knew. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Incredible. And right then he goes, but mum, it's not my hour, not my time. Don't ask something of me. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But you know what? My personal view, this is Greg's the theology, okay? Greg's theology, not Bible, Greg. But I honestly believe, I don't think that was Jesus' intention to be his first miracle. Adding to something which already was okay. But I do know that God just doesn't get you out of need. He gives you far more than you ever need. But in that place, I don't think it was his intended first miracle. If I was the Messiah, not a good choice, by the way. But if I was the Messiah, my approach would be this. I think I'm going to raise someone from the dead. That's a good way to launch a ministry. Not be known, did you know what Jesus said? He's the Messiah. He just got all these people, they even got more drunk. He gave more wine to them. He added to them. I mean, are you going to establish? I've come for you. I'm going to give my life to you. And you've established a ministry on adding more wine at a marriage. Hello. I don't honestly think that was Jesus' first intention. But the fact is, Mary's faith moved him and released him to a point of doing exactly what needed to happen now, not tomorrow. Was it the hour? No. But it became the hour. Why? Because a woman's simple ability to believe and say, Yes, I believe. It is the hour, it is the time, it is the moment. What are you believing for? Do you think things can change? Do you think things could change? I follow you. I see all the things that you do on Instagram. I don't even know how I got to follow you, but that's random, but anyway. And here you are here. That's really random. That's every pops up and oh what? Okay, yeah, great. You know, hi, you know, and crazy. I have no idea, but God must. <laughs> but you know, and the whole thing is to understand this, that the needs that we have in our world, we need to see the importance of the, of the place of gathering. We don't put God in a box and say, one day we can say it can be today. It's not tomorrow, it can be today. And you know what? Things can change today because we start to believe. We need to inspire within ourselves a faith again that believes as Mary believed. No matter what he's, they say, whatever he tells you, do it. And the answer is forthcoming. Not one need is met. You have many needs here. You know that great scripture in Matthew. It says, even the hairs upon your head are numbered. Don't you love that? And look at Phil. The Lord spends a lot of time with him. With me, just straight over. Gone. Doesn't spend a whole lot of time. Doesn't need to. Look, hello. Yep, got a Greg moved on. Phil, mm, okay. Some others who are, have got it and are practicing for when they'll be more like this. God is a great God. He's an enjoyable God. He's a God who actually wants to give you the very best. He wants to add to your life, not just meet the immediate need and just give you enough, give you far more than you need. 
you need to understand that you have an important part to play in all of that. What is that important part to play? Revive the faith within you. And tonight we're just going to let God be God. We're going to speak and prophesy over people. You know, this morning, I want you also to hear what I'm saying, but I want you to feel what God is doing for you. It doesn't matter your situation or circumstance. It doesn't matter. Because God can actually meet your need, irrespective of what you believe. If someone believes around you, I just don't have the faith. You may not. But if there's someone around believing as my sister believed for me, and on the 4th of February, 1976, Jesus rocks up into my trip when I'm doing LSD at 4 a.m. in the morning. And I get a simple revelation. Jesus is the answer. How does that work? Why? Oh, but you know, shouldn't that happen just in church? It doesn't have to happen in church. That's the ultimate drawing together of staying together by walking through and maintaining what you believe and being strengthened. That's why church exists. But God doesn't necessarily need to get you here to save you. This is the place where you're built and then released. So then you'll go and touch them that have been called to you. Jesus just wants to awaken to you this morning, church. The value of you is incredible. Matthew. Incredible story in Matthew. Chapter 9. And I'd love you, to, my friend, come and stand. Stand here for me. I'd love you to come out here. You did such a great job. Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> Thank you very much. There it is. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all the more over the region. There's so much in a simple little story. But there is so much truth in there. I hope you're getting all of that. What is the truth? I love the last part. It really captures my attention. It's like, he said, don't do this. But they went out and spread all the news about him. When Jesus touches your life, I'm sorry, you can't remain silent. When Jesus touched my life, I was telling all the people in the psychiatric hospital where I was working because God had touched me and I couldn't stop crying for about four days. Not a good look in a psychiatric hospital, I can assure you. <clears throat> I was off seeing everybody just sort of like, Greg's just gone a little bit too far. But in that place, I'm talking to people and it's funny, I'm you know, relating to people and I'm talking about Christ. I have no idea who even Jesus really is. I'm excited, you can't shut me up. Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Let me tell you, when God touches you, you can't be silent. You can't be silent. Did you, well, but weren't they being naughty? Weren't they being naughty? Weren't they being disobedient? No. He knows humanity. He's just egging us on. Don't go and tell, like tell a child. Don't, put, don't touch the pot plant. Sure, thank you for bringing it to my attention. I will. He alerts us. God is the best psychologist that I know. He understands how to move and shape people blind men boom gone blind thank you close your eyes 
Look at that. I have an amazing gift that's in full operation here today. And it says there, and you look at that, and Jesus went on from there, and two blind men came to him. You know, we read scripture all the time, do we not? We read scripture, and in the beginning, we see all these amazing things God created, and, and it's all going on. And we just go, isn't that nice? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that incredible? Because I have two blind men here. Blind men, be believers now and be blind. Do not peek. Be blind. And it says, and Jesus was ministering powerfully amongst the people. And the power of God was evident. And as they ministered, two blind men came to him. Thank you, blind men. And the blind man came to him, and Jesus was laying hands upon the people. And as he ministered, again, people were being healed. And the power of God was traveling into people's world and circumstances. Blind men, come to me. Where are you? Where are blind men where you need them? No blind men around when you need them. But it says, and two blind men came to the guys I don't have all the time on the planet. I've got approximately about two and a half years left. You better quicken the pace if you want to be healed. And Jesus went from there. And two blind men just followed, calling out, Lord, again. (laughs) Yes, I'm here, son. (laughs) Calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Well done, blind men. To, To fast track this, we're going to be here all day. Come on. How do blind men, thank you very much. I'm not the Messiah, just a very naughty boy, no. How, no, come back, please, you haven't finished, be blind. Just stay there, stay stationary. How do blind men ever see or find Christ? Well, I guess they just do. They don't. Thank you. Unknown, unidentified believer how do two blind men follow anybody can i tell you they don't why because when you're blind you don't go anywhere when you're blind when you can't see what is out there fill grips your life when you can't see what could be when you have no hope no future when you cannot see what the outcome of the possibility of what could take place you don't go anywhere you live insular quiet restricted life why Because fear dominates your life. Because to travel beyond the place of security, you don't know what could happen. Blind people don't go anywhere. Only people who have vision. How do blind people find Christ? Hmm. (laughs) Blind men, man that can see. Jesus, for a brief moment. And it says... And two blind men came to him. (laughs) Hello. We have some serious action going on here. Well, my goodness me. Wow. Look at that blind man. Thank you very much. You can see. Thank you. May be seated. Thank you very much. Let's put our hands together for our blind man who can see. Blind men can never find Christ without somebody. Who? No idea. And it says, and two blind men came to, call, followed him, calling out why. They were led by somebody. Who? Well, they forgot to put his name in there. No, we have no idea. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, and Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. 
and there was a man being carried to the temple placed every day. How does a man who is crippled go anywhere? Let me tell you, when you're crippled, you can't see beyond the immediate. You can't see what is beyond the immediate. You can't see what lies over your current circumstances. You can't see what is. Why? Because you're crippled, because you can't see outside of your small little world. How does a crippled man get to a place? Number one, he's elevated, he's lifted up. And when he is lifted up, he begins to see what can be. When he begins to be, when he is lifted up, he again is elevated to a position and go, wow, I can see further. Wow. Unless he is carried by somebody, he can never see anything. Why? Because he is restricted in his vision. It's only when he is lifted up. But what about his in? His, his deformed state, his inability to stand, his ability not to be able to see what is. What happens to him? Sure, he's got a vision, but he's crippled. Yeah. Somebody, as someone who we don't know, the unidentified known believer, came up and brought two blind men to Jesus. Why? Because they believed enough that by simply coming and doing that lives would be changed. Why did men, possibly two, possibly four, every day faithfully take a man from his dwelling to elevate him to see what could be to a position where he would have an encounter with God? Who were those people? Who carried him? Acts chapter 3, verse 1, verse 2. No idea. No one's identified. Why? Because it's still the faithful unidentified believer going out and doing the work of why they were called. Can I say to you, to have great faith is incredible, but to have faith to believe that God can for another is far greater. I have a need, sure. And let me tell you, I'm pretty sure in Scripture it says, as you give, then you receive. We'd be so consumed in our society, God, God, give me, give me. Ultimately, you only receive a small portion of what you can have and you only have what you believe, correct? But when you learn to give away what you have, to be the unidentified, the unknown believer, to do what you're called to do, the day the life Christ stepped into my life, I couldn't remain silent. The day Christ stepped in my life, suddenly there was an incredible faith where it's like simply when the Lord would say, do you believe? Yes, Lord! It wasn't like, I'm not really sure. Can you show us your credentials? Even though I can't see, the blind man couldn't see him. They'd only heard about him. They hadn't seen the power of God. They'd only heard about the power of God. What do you think Sunday is all about? What do you think Presence Global is all about? Hearing about and then seeing. God moves first. The people hear, then believe, then stand, then see. Things change. And then in Acts chapter 5, sorry, in John chapter 5, one of the great stories, great stories, great message. But one of the part in this incredible story is that there is a man who was brought to this pool and at this pool there is believed that as people would come, as the water was stirred, that if anyone got to the water first, if they had enough faith to get to the water first, first where the angels stirred the water and got into that place and into that position, if they just got there that they would be healed yeah. and people would be healed. Was it according to their faith? Possibly. But it was, again, a place where miracles happened. 
How did that come about? How did that happen? Because people came. People brought them to a place knowing that things could change. Someone brought this man. And there it says, it goes on, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And it goes on to say, and many there. And Jesus comes up to, that, to the man and, and simply says to him, he says, so what, what are you doing here? He said, well, I come here. I come here every day. He's unable to move around that well. He's unable to get to the water. He said, I come here every day. I'm brought here every day. I'm brought here every day. I come here every day because someone brings me every day. But when the water is stirred, I can't get down there because I don't have anyone to help me in. What's my point? You see, we can do the business. Tell people about Jesus. Told them about Jesus. No, they weren't interested. Tell them about Jesus. Ah, I'm not interested. Ah, well, I've seen of you. I'll try you. Tell you about Jesus. Not interested? Okay. What about you? No? Okay. Fine. And we can go because we gave it a shot once. We told someone about Jesus once. But a lot of Christians I know don't even talk about Jesus once. Oh, but I'm faithful. I do. I share the gospel. I've shared it with my neighbor three times and they swear and curse at me all the time. So I've remained silent. Whether you speak or you act, because sometimes your actions speak louder than your words. And can I tell you, I'm sorry if you're a lover of tracks. You know tracks, Christian tracks? Sorry, I'm not a lover of them. Because those things in themselves don't communicate the truth of the message. The message is on the inside of you. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1. Right through verse 9, it says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The day Christ steps into your life, he steps into your world. The greatest revelation I have personally had is this. Is that again, that Jesus just didn't occupy a part of my world. He filled my world with his person. And when I put hands and lay hands on a person's life, it is not my hand, it is his hand in my hand. It is my hand, but his hand is in my hand. Why do I have great faith? The day I got that revelation was the day when I saw, again, people's lives supernaturally changed, people healed, simply because it is not just my hand that is being laid upon their life and praying and believing. It is his hand in my hand which builds my faith to release his power to bring healing to people's lives. What's that about? Your value. Your value. The tragedy of that story. Someone faithfully gave it a shot for a small period of time. I'm glad my sister never gave up on me for 12 years. Believing, standing. In my ridicule of her. In my negative response. In my disdain of her and her her husband. I'm glad she never gave up on me. Because otherwise I would never have found Christ. But I found him because he simply came into my world because someone never stopped sharing Christ with me. That man, yep, someone faithfully brought me here, but they don't stay. They drop me off and then they go. There are people in your life, in your world, that need you. And without you, they will never find him. Your life, church, is valuable. I go back to my opening statement. God needs you. But the reality is, unless you see the value of who you are, how can he ever use you? Oh God, I can't. I can't. I will be prepared in four months. 
in, in, in when I do, when I get through, when I get over. There's always a reason why you're never ready. Yeah. But you're ready on the basis today that you simply understand that God needs you. Why is this a church of 3,500 people? Because of you. Wow, because we pray. That's where it starts. A praying church is the beginning of where a church will go. But it's not the answer. It's just the beginning. Prayer needs legs. And guess what? Pastor Phil and Julie, again, and the team, they only have two. But when we all start to stand and see the value of who we are, then we start to see that my life counts. Can we all stand? Chili, I appreciate you staying with me and standing with me. This morning, church, I just want to alert you to two things. First, that even tonight, that tonight we're just going to minister, we're going to pray going to prophesy we're going to move in the spirit we're going to let God do some things but God will do things here this morning not because I lay hands on anybody but purely because God is God I love everyone to close their eyes right now just every eye to be closed what you can't do what I cannot do what none of us can do God can and in closing Two things in closing. Why you feel the presence, while you've heard a word, God has been active and mobilizing you and your life, your circumstance, your situation. And two things I'm going to do, and right now with every eye closed, I ask you this. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. I have no idea. But God knows exactly where you are in your relationship with him. And you may have never given your life to him or maybe need is driving you. Maybe you're here today because you have a great need in your life. Life seen needs met simply because people say yes to Jesus. And Jesus brings the answer. So if you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you have and you've stepped away in your own heart, In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do one thing, just one thing. Simply raise your hand and say, Greg, I'm raising my hand to say, Jesus, I want you to see me and acknowledge me today because I want you to be my Lord, my Savior. I know that you can meet my need because you are my God. If you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you have, and you've stepped away in your own heart with every eye closed right now, I want you to raise up your hand, lift it up really high, lift it up really high right now. Lift it up really high, thank you, sir. Lift it up really high here this morning. And let me tell you, not by word, but by demonstration, God will show you that he is Lord. With every eye closed, just lift up your hands if that is you. There's two other people wondering whether they should, you should. If you lift your hand, he will see your hand. And will acknowledge you in that place. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Father, I pray. 
And at the end of this service, sir, I'd love to pray with you if that's okay. I'll pray with you at the end and stand with you. But church, I want all of us to lift our hands right now. I'm not the answer, he's the answer. Small or large, I pray that here this morning, that Lord, you understand our need, you see every part of our world, you know us better than we know ourselves. But Father, I pray that here this morning, let the name of Jesus Christ let the power of the living, loving God touch every life in this building. And Father, I speak this word. Lord, for that which we cannot do, you shall do. And the prayers which have been prayed, the needs which have been identified in this church here this morning, I pray we stand in agreement and believe together that in Jesus' mighty name, that Lord, you shall bring the answer. And Lord, you are the answer for every single one of us. And in Jesus' mighty name, I pray that lives be changed because you are our Lord and our God. Father, let your name be exalted. Let this house be filled with your great power. Let praise fill our life in acknowledging him. Let us bring praise and worship to him right now, church. Just lift up our voices right now in thankfulness to God. You are the Lord. You are the God who is able to do far more than we could ever imagine. And Lord, in your great presence, as we worship and lift up our voice to you, let your power, let the answer, let the power of a living, loving God travel into the lives into the lives of every single person here. Let healing flow into bodies. Let healing flow into bodies here right now. Let reconciliation move into relationships and families. God, we pray your power is restoring that which has been stolen from us. God, I pray let your power travel into every circumstance, every person's life as we worship our Lord and our God. Father, let your name be exalted. Let your name be praised. Let your life here this morning bring praise to our Lord and our God. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.